so high right now. Anything's possible. Oh my mama! Oh my mama made it, ma! Anything's possible! Rain and Jay's back with the vengeance back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This the truth like 34. This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast. I want to thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. Whatever it is that you're doing right now, listening to the show, watching the show on YouTube, however you're doing it, I really do appreciate that you are. Thank you. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Boston Celtics for Boston Sports Journal, and I am the author of the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, a book now available at booksellers everywhere, and if you want a signed copy on my website, johncorrales.com. The regular season is over. Thank God. Put that thing to bed. I don't want to see or hear about this damn regular season anymore. Ugh. Celtics finished 36 and 36. 500 team, because of course. But yeah, it makes sense. This is about this is about right for, for the Celtics to, to be a 500 team, considering how the season went. Uh, a win over Minnesota to wrap up the season. A loss to New York back to back there over Saturday and Sunday. I'm not going to talk a whole lot in depth about those games because why? There's no bearing whatsoever on on anything. There's nothing to take from those games. Those guys, you know, some of those guys played well, but there's well, what do you want to know about? You know, these guys' performances. Uh, The the one question that I think uh, we can answer here is that no one really did anything to separate themselves in those two games that made it so Brad has to consider playoff minutes for either, for anybody. So that's, if you want one takeaway that that takes you into the regular, into the playoffs or the play-in tournament, it's that. It's that no one stood out to a point where it's like, whoa, that guy's got to play. It was basically the same type of stuff. So I'll talk about the end of the season here in the first segment. And then the second segment, a little something different, a little something different today because it's the end of the season. And I, you know, I've got different options here in the second segment. It's going to be a conversation with the locked on wizards host, five things that you need to know about the Washington wizards. The Celtics play the wizards on Tuesday night. So I figure this will be a good time to get things that you, you want to pay more attention to the Wizards. That's going to be coming up in segment two. Segment three, at a Q&A today on WPRI TV in Providence with Yanni Caracas. And so I'll, I'll share that. I'll share my appearance on uh, Channel 12 in Providence in the third segment because there's a lot of Q&A about the upcoming Wizards series and, and things like that. So let's just start with this. Season's over. Uh, Celtics, like I said, they beat Minnesota. They lost to New York. The the Nick game was actually a lot of fun. The, the kids did well. Uh, those young guys, uh, the guys that don't play much, did pretty well in, in this game against New York. Tremont Waters was pretty good. Jabari Parker, who is not a kid by any stretch, uh, did well. 
Romeo Langford did mostly well, except that foul at the end was very bad. That, <laughs> that was a bad play. So for people who didn't, didn't see it, the, the Celtics were down three. 20, by the time the, the Knicks got the rebound, like 27 or 20, 28 seconds or so, uh, got the rebound. Celtics had just missed a shot. They had plenty of opportunities to, to tie that game, to go, go ahead in that game, but couldn't cash in. All right, that happens. They're not good enough to hit some of those shots. Uh, New York gets the rebound. Now, Celtics are down three. So with about 30 seconds left, there's a shot clock. There's about six, six seconds different or so in the shot clock. So the Celtics have the option of defending, trying to force a turnover, or trying to force a miss, calling a timeout, setting up a play. So they didn't have to foul. But Romeo Langford, as Brad Stevens is screaming and waving to get back, he thought he heard a foul. You can see him. He has his arms out going, what? What? Um, and he he said, you could read his lips, I thought I, thought I heard you say foul. Now, he has to understand himself, time, score, situation, which is, it's crazy in there. And it's easy to get lost. It's a hard thing to do, but you have to understand we're only down three, no need to foul, get a stop. And, and he didn't. And so by fouling, they reset the, sh- the shot clock. So now it was 24.9 seconds at the time of the foul, reset the shot clock to 24. Now they have to foul. And, uh, Julius Randall made one. That was the end of the game. It's a shame that that kind of mistake that is something that hurt their their chances. But by that point, there's a good chance that they were going to lose that game anyway. Again, they were down three. So, but that's one of those plays where it's like, if you know the situation, if you know how to play that and you instinctively know, or you're paying attention, you, you understand what's happening, then that makes it easier for Brad Stevens to trust you. And Romeo Langford, that's not that's not a, a play that earns him any trust. So Romeo didn't get any any minutes there. Tremont Waters not going to play. Uh, it's the same. It's the same stuff. Well, this was more like for guys like Tremont, even Carson Edwards, Taco, uh, even Luke Cornett. I don't know what Luke Cornett's going to do. He played played okay. He missed all of his three pointers. He played he played pretty good defensively. He had three block shots. If they want to bring back Luke Cornett for an end of bench option, you know, the, the Celtics could do worse than Luke Cornett on, you know, a couple million dollars a year or, or whatever, like super, super cheap. You, I mean, if they keep Tristan Thompson, whatever they do with him, but you got Robert Williams, you want to have a backup center and you want to have a third center just, just in case Luke Cornett is a, an end of bench just in case that's okay, you know, or a change of pace guy. You know, if you need a pick and pop guy, aside from the 0 for 5, he could be a guy that, that sticks around, maybe, but doesn't have to be. Centers, the, it's very easy to get a center in the NBA. So they they were more auditions. Shimmy Ojale is another guy who is more auditioning for another role somewhere else. Like Tremont's an interesting case because Tremont is, his biggest flaw is that he's small. And he can't change that. So he's got to show opposing teams that he knows how to play the game and he can develop with, you know, his size, his, his, all of that stuff. Um, so 
I, I thought that again, Tremont played played well, generally speaking, didn't play so well that anybody watching him would be like, oh God, we gotta get him. But he's done some good things at the NBA level. So maybe a, a young team will take him and bring him along and develop him. Or a European team or an international team can look at him. I've said this before a million times. Nothing wrong with going over to Spain or Italy or Greece and living a great life, earning more money than you're going to make in the NBA and getting, getting playing time and, and earning, you know, earning a good living, living in a great place and working your way back into the NBA. There's nothing wrong with doing that. Guys do that all the time. But I think, I kind of think that's where Tremont, if he wants to, could be heading. If he's willing to see the international game as part of his development rather than sitting on an NBA bench, then he could do that. But at the same time, I can understand you don't want to get out. You don't want to leave the league because it's hard to, to be in the league and you don't want to leave it. Uh, you want to, you want to stick around while you can, you only leave it if you have to. So it's going to be interesting to see there. The other interesting thing from this weekend for me was that, uh, when the Celtics were getting falling behind against the Minnesota Timberwolves, that, Jason Tatum and Evan Fournier were reinserted, and I asked Brad Stevens about that. So if you missed that game, the Celtics were up by 20. They were just cruising. Fournier and Tatum played. They left with a few minutes to go in the third quarter, maybe five or six minutes to go in the third quarter, whatever it was. And then they sat for most of the fourth quarter. Like, they were done. But then Minnesota started creeping back, and and, and Tatum and Fournier were reinserted. And I was like, huh. Well, that's interesting because this doesn't matter. There's no reason to be to, to reinsert them. But Brad was like, you know what? We had been playing well. We needed to feel good. We need to get on that plane and see that the stuff that we were working on actually mattered and that it was it was worth it. And so he put those guys in. They played two more minutes, literally like just two more minutes, and they they pumped that lead back up to to 20 and they sat down again. And that was it. That was it. I thought it was interesting. It's an interesting look into the psychology of this team right now. They really, they just need to feel good. They need to have those moments of, yeah, this, we're good, man. We, we actually, it's been a rough season, but we're, we're comfortable with how things are going. Once we, we, we can, we still have time to put something together here. And they do, they do. That's going to be another thing to talk about. Uh, they they actually do have time, and I wrote about it on Boston Sports Journal. Like Brad Stevens, after the Knicks game, talked about a reset, and they have time to reset. Are they going to? Is that going to work? We'll see. That's going to be something to discuss. I'll probably get into that a little bit more tomorrow. Today, it's about just wrapping up the season and getting a little bit of a discussion here about the Washington Wizards, which I'm going to do. Next, in fact, you're going to hear from um, the host of the Lockdown Wizards podcast and Nick Angstead, who is uh, one of our, he, he's the uh, Dallas Mavericks podcast, Lockdown Mavs, and uh, he's one of the, uh, he runs the NBA, the NBA channel here on, on Lockdown. So they had a conversation, I'm going to share that with you, and that's going to be coming up next. Indeed is the place you need to go if you're a hiring expert for your company. What you really need is help making your shortlist of quality candidates, and you need a hiring partner like Indeed who helps you make life 
easier. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three, post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster and only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy with tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job description immediately and Indeed skills tests that on average reduce hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests and add them to your must-have requirements list so you only pay for the applications that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. So get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. So the Boston Celtics are the seventh seed. The Washington Wizards beat the Charlotte Hornets on Sunday to capture the eighth seed. That's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough one for sure. You know, uh, obviously Russell Westbrook is playing really, really well. Bradley Beal is back. So they're, they're going to be at basically full strength. And that's going to be a tough challenge for the Celtics on Tuesday. A lot of you are calling it a worst case scenario. It's not a great one. But that's where they find themselves. So here are five things you need to know about the Washington Wizards. Uh, here is a conversation between Nick Angstead and Ben Mahetch, the host of Locked On Wizards. Nick Angstead from Locked On NBA here, joined by Ben Mehich of the Locked On Wizards podcast. Ben, you ready to talk about some Wizards? Finally, a little bit better now than they were in the middle of the season. It was getting rough there for a minute, and now they've really surged. Yeah, I mean, they, they needed a, a comeback here. I mean, I, I think this the team's expectations were a lot higher than where they ended up at the end of the season, but they've given themselves a chance to make the playoffs, and ultimately I think that was their goal. So it's a lot riding on this. I think most teams in the play-in are you know, in some sort of quasi-rebuild, but the Wizards are in a situation where they're trying to compete, if not contend, with Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. So uh, lots riding on this for this team, I think. Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. What are the what's the playoff rotation for this team like? We know West, we know we know Westbrook, we know Beal, you know, we know some of those guys, some of the usual suspects, but what are some who are some of the guys on the fringes and role players that are really going to step up for this team? I mean, it's the million dollar question when, when Scott Brooks is coaching your team, I think. I mean, this team <laughs> hasn't had a consistent rotation all year long. Um from what he said uh, leading up to the play-in is, is the fact that he's going to keep going with this three-center rotation with Robin Lopez, Alex Lyman, Daniel Gafford. Uh, the fan base and probably many who cover the team kind of disagree with that. I think Daniel Gafford has been mm. the best center on the roster, but he's going with this sort of unorthodox three-center rotation, which I don't think any other team in the NBA is, has been playing, but it's been working for the Wizards theoretically. Robin Lopez has had the most efficient hook shot in the NBA Take that for what it's worth. Uh, <laughs> it's is, something. Is something, yeah. And Daniel Gafford has, has uh, changed the outlook of the team defensively. So 
Besides them, Howell Metzer and Ish Smith have kind of split duties with the with the backup point guard role. And small forward is kind of just a gamble. Uh, Chandler Hutchinson started against the Cavaliers recently, and they've been playing three guards with Russell Beal and, and Howell Neto. So that's sort of the consistent lineup that they've had all year. Uh has anybody emerged as a fan favorite? I know, like, Davis Bertans has been a guy recently people really latched on to. It seems like Gafford is now kind of that guy. Is there a fan favorite among Wizards fans that are like, we, this is our guy, we love him? I think Gafford's become that guy. I think, you know, he's been playing 15 to 17 minutes a game, and he's outplayed that role, I think, significantly. Scott Brooks was asked recently, uh, has he earned a starting role or more minutes? And then Scott Brooks kind of said yes, and then just continued playing 15 minutes. So I think the fan base has been, <laughs> has been uh, sort of anxious to see him play a bigger role because he's the most athletic center the team has had since JaVel McGee. Uh, that's probably says more about the Washington Wizards than it does JaVel McGee. But <laughs> Daniel Gafford, when you look at him, he's kind of like a put-together JaVel McGee, what, what the Wizards hoped that McGee could mm-hmm. become. And, and I think there's something there. He reminds me of – a sort of a young Tyson Chandler. I don't think he'll become a Tyson Chandler or anything like yeah, that, right. but he's a good rim protector. He runs the floor well, and, and the Wizards need that, especially with two dynamic guards in, in Beal and, and uh, Russell Westbrook. So let's get into those two guys right now. What does this team do well? What is their biggest strength? I'm going to assume it's around those two guys. And then what is uh, their weakness? What's their, their lowest point on this team? Yeah, I mean, the depth is just not there. I mean, if you look at the roster, it's honestly, it's it's pretty, there's a dearth of talent on the team. Um Tommy Shepard used the mid-level exception on Robin Lopez and Hal Neto, and they've both to an extent panned out. But after Russ and Beal, there's a massive drop-off. I mean, they, they play a three-center rotation for a reason. Uh, they don't trust any of their centers. And obviously, Rui Hachimura on any other winning team probably isn't a starting caliber player. And that small forward, they really haven't had a starting caliber small forward all year long. They've kind of played Troy Brown there a little bit. He got traded, Chandler Hutchinson. I mentioned the three-guard lineup, so... Biggest weakness is just straight up depth. They rely entirely on Brad and Russ, and that's kind of been the entire season, as it, as it was with Wall and Beal prior to Russ arriving to DC. But their biggest strength, they, they can, when they score the ball, they're the best, one of the best offensive teams in the league. Especially you mentioned Bertans when he gets it going, I mean they're on fire. And he, he's had some of those games this year. I mean, he had the COVID setback, he's battled some injury, but when he when he's got the hot hand, the Wizards are a really difficult offensive team to stop. What's their win profile look like this season? What are some of the best wins that the Wizards have had? And then what's the maybe the lowest point of the Wizards season so far, the worst losses? Yeah, their biggest wins, I mean, they beat the Nets twice in, in sort of exciting fashion. They were down, I think, six points with like 30 seconds to go. Um, Garrison Matthews hits a three. Russell Westbrook gets a steal. He hits a, a following three. So that was an exciting win. Uh, they beat the Lakers as well, but then they've kind of evened it out with equally as horrific losses. I mean, they got blown out by the Detroit Pistons shortly after those wins, so... Uh, that was a sort of a pitfall. But, you know, lately they've been, they've been winning at like a 65% win percentage over the last two months. So um, I think we've sort of forgotten about that team. But the fact of the matter is they're still 10th in Eastern Conference for a reason. Yeah, and it's, it's been a, such an up-and-down season for them. What are the stakes for this team going in? We kind of mentioned earlier that there are a lot. Scott Brooks' name has been brought up a lot as a coach that could be on the hot seat. Uh, Westbrook's contract may be untradeable, even though he's been traded twice now. Uh, what are some of the stakes for this team if they get if they bow out in the play-in tournament, or even if they go to the first round and and win? Like we could take it the other way too. What if they beat uh, one of the top two teams in the East? What could happen to this team? Yeah, the, the Wizards are unique in that way. They're not the Toronto Raptors that are going to fire Dwayne Casey after having their most winning season in franchise history. This team, if if Dwayne Casey were to win 55, 60 games in D.C. or Scott Brooks, he would get a statue outside of the arena. The Wizards, <laughs> and, and Ted Leonsis recently spoke about this in an interview on, on Friday. He said that it's kind of contingent on how the playoff play-in and the playoffs go. So they're all kind of just waiting to see what happens there. But 
a lot is riding on this for Scott Brooks. He's in the last season of his contract. It's fifth season in. Uh, he wasn't hired by Tommy Shepard. He was hired by uh, Ernie Grunfeld, and, and he was hired partially because they wanted to lure Kevin Durant. I don't think they hired him for his X's and O's. He's done a really good job managing egos, but uh, the rotations have been troubling, and, and generally this team's uh, win percentage has, has, has been rough all year long for a, a slew of reasons. But Scott Brooks, I think his, his future with the team hinges on, on, on you know what happens in the play-in. And if you spoke to me earlier this year, I would have thought Bradley Beal's future uh, would be yeah, determined right. by that fact. But they've kind of turned it around, and I think they've shown that with some – with some more direction and, and I think with some health, Russell Westbrook played with a torn quad in the beginning of the year and no one really knew. Uh, I think with some health there, uh, I think this team could be a good team in the Eastern Conference. And that's why I think we've kind of pumped the brakes on these massive changes. If Russ is going to stay Beal. I think they're, they'll stay put, but Scott Brooks's future uh, is definitely in limbo. What is a national narrative that you've heard about the Wizards? You know, maybe it's Westbrook's triple doubles. Maybe it's Westbrook shooting. Maybe it's Beal leaving, you know, Anything that you've heard about this team that you think is misunderstood, wrong, or any of that? Yeah, I think Beal's just general future with the team. He's never really expressed any inkling of uh, of a desire to leave Washington. I, I think there's some natural questions about his future, given that the team has been flat out bad, and he's a very good player. He's morphed into a top two shooting guard in the NBA, and earlier this year, he was probably the best shooting guard in the NBA. And uh, obviously, there's some natural questions there. Why would a superstar players stay on a team like Washington when they've consistently lost over the last few years. But for him, I think he's more of that Damian Lillard sort of mentality where he wants to see it through, but we'll see what happens. I, I think even with Damian Lillard, there's some questions there, but that's the narrative. I mean, I've seen it. ESPN has only covered this team when, when they've been bad and Bradley Beal's future has been in question. So uh, I think those should be shelved for now. I think Bradley Beal hasn't had any sort of desire to leave Washington, at least for now. This is a question I've been asking some of the uh, the hosts of teams that don't get covered necessarily nationally. What's a story that you wish the national media would cover about this team? What's something that you're like, man, I wish that they would know this or that they would, I guess Beal being one of the second best you know, shooting guard in the league is probably one of those, but what's another one that you can think of? I mean, this team's chemistry, I think, has been outstanding. Obviously, that's not uh, something that necessarily gets talked about nationally, but I think most teams with the record they had earlier earlier in the season, with the outlook they had, uh, would have fallen apart. But with the veteran sort of leadership they have in Ish Smith and Russell Westbrook, and Russell Westbrook has been dogged for being a sort of difficult teammate all throughout the entirety of his career. But that couldn't be further from, from uh, the truth. I think he's been an outstanding teammate. Bradley Beal called him the best teammate he's ever had. Russell or uh, Scott Brooks wow. called him the second best uh, point guard of all time. I think he's thought really highly of it in Washington. It wouldn't surprise me if his career ends in D.C. and he sticks around uh, even after. I think he's He's gotten the sort of respect and the admiration in D.C. that I think he lacked in, in Houston, maybe even in, in uh, Oklahoma City at times. So that's the national narrative on Russell Westbrook as a teammate, and I think this team's general chemistry has been off. There you go. Listen to Ben Mehich and his co-host, Anthony Cittadino, over at Lockdown Wizards, and we'll see if the Wizards can get an upset in the playing tournament and maybe make the postseason. Thanks for having me on, Nick. And guess what? If Robin Lopez gets in the post, automatic, 65%. <laughs> automatic. Thanks, guys. That was a good conversation there. So now you're caught up on what you need to know about the Wizards. Up next, I give my thoughts, courtesy of a conversation between me and Yanni Karakis, the sports anchor over at WPRI in Boston, in Providence, Channel 12. I'm going to share that next. Bet Online is going to have all of the odds for everything you need when you're betting on sports it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all the sports action you got baseball you got hockey playoffs real exciting the uh obviously nba playoffs are about to begin 
and you can do in-game betting on the NBA, UFC, MMA. Uh, so before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Get over there. Use the promo code Locked On. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Locked On is the promo code. So if you drop 100 bucks with that promo code in there, they'll give you a $50 welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as teams prepare for their runs to the playoffs. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Please gamble responsibly. Get yourself a built bar. You're going to be happy you did. It is the best tasting protein bar on the market. Covered in chocolate, soft, delicious. It's like a candy bar, except it's got a great flavor profile and a great nutritional profile. Most of these bars with these great flavors like coconut almond and cherry and mint brownie and peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, awesome flavors. Plus, if you go to BuiltBar.com, you'll see limited time flavors, different offers, different products. Cruise around. Check it out. The Built Bar, generally 17 grams of protein or so, only about 130 calories or so, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs. That's, that's the average protein bar. That's the average Built Bar. You're not going to get that in a bar that tastes this good with any other protein bar. So check them out. Use the promo code LOCKED15. LOCKED15 is going to get you 15% off your next order. Go order that that, um, assorted box. Figure out which flavors you like. Go back. Stock back up. Use that promo code LOCKED15. Again, do it again and again and again. Every time you use it, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. Hey, make sure you're subscribed to the Locked On NBA podcast because Locked On NBA, which I host on Wednesdays with Jake Madison, is going to have you covered with all the big storylines, team previews, everything you want from the league in general. We know that you're a fan first of the Boston Celtics. But you're a fan of the NBA, and Locked On NBA is going to have you covered on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I appeared on Channel 12 in Providence with uh, Yanni Caracas, who is the sports anchor over there at WPRI. We had a nice conversation about the end of the season, the Wizards, and uh, how the Celtics are going to treat this game. So here is my conversation with Yanni Caracas. All right, we're talking Celtics with John Corrales on the Boston Sports Journal. The Seas have their matchup in that 7-8 play-in game. It's the Washington Wizards. John, what is your initial thought on the matchup? Well, I mean, the Wizards are going to be really tough. Russell Westbrook has been playing great lately. Bradley Beal is back from injury, and he's, you know, he was fighting to be the league's leading scorer. Uh, now, that's going to be Steph Curry, but you know, Bradley Beal is very, very dangerous they're going to have their hands full. The Celtics have been a bad defensive team all season long, and this is a very good offensive team with two elite-level offensive players. So the Celtics are going to have a real tough time beating the Wizards. The Wizards struggled against uh, Charlotte and, and struggled to win that game, and you know the Wizards have their deficiencies, obviously, but uh, this, this is not going to be an easy game for the Celtics. 
Now, they do have the luxury, should they lose, to play the winner of Charlotte and Indiana on Thursday to then get in as the eight seed. So they don't want to get to that point, obviously, but it's technically not a must win. So how do you think Brad Stevens and this team is approaching Tuesday? Well, I I think they are going to approach it as a must win because the way this season has gone, the Celtics can use those extra two days of rest. I mean, any extra time to get off their feet and any extra time to prepare for whomever it is that they're going to face in the first round of the playoffs is going to be beneficial to them. Now, they have been able to rest some guys because of injuries and and because they had no benefit of playing anybody. They weren't going to rise up above the seventh seed. So a lot of guys did get some rest, but they still could use a little bit more. Uh, If if the Celtics do lose and then they have to go in and and win another game, then uh, I'm, I'm sure that Brad will appreciate having that pad. But they've got to go out on Tuesday and and show themselves that they're capable of preparing for a playoff level team going out and executing a game plan because this season has just gone so far south that they they need this level of confidence just for themselves to go out and and do a job that they know that they can do now you just mentioned it uh trending in the wrong direction heading into this play in tournament uh, I think back to a couple years ago when Kyrie Irving was talking about flipping the switch for the playoffs. Uh, that team had probably more upside to do that. Any reason to believe a 36 and 36 Celtics team can so-called flip the switch for playoff time now? Well, they haven't given us the evidence that they can do it. However, there is a little bit of a bright side. The Celtics do have a good record against the best teams in, in mm-hmm. the league. They have been able to get up for games they've beaten the Clippers, they've beaten the Nuggets twice. I mean, they have big wins against quality opponents. So there is evidence in this bleak season that when the Celtics are properly motivated, that they can get up for a big game. Now, again, there's no reason to believe that they will. They haven't given us that that faith. They haven't earned that from us. But it's certainly possible. Tatum, uh, Kemba Walker, Kemba's playing the best basketball of the season. Uh, Evan Fournier has been playing better. He's getting past his COVID symptoms. A lot of guys that they need to play well are playing well. So there's a chance, there is a good chance, or I shouldn't say a good chance, there is a chance that they can they can put it together and surprise us on Tuesday. Now, two weeks now without Jalen Brown, and as you know, we approach the playoffs, how do you see the rotation changing, if at all, from what we've seen the last couple of weeks? Well, I think you're going to see Evan Fournier stepping up and, and being the starter, and it's going to mean a lot more from Aaron Neesmith. You, you need Aaron Neesmith to come in and step up, or even Romeo Langford, one of those big wing bench guys to come in, hit a couple of shots, don't do too much, move the ball, pass it when it needs to be passed, drive it when it needs to be driven, but mostly defend, get out there, stay in front of a guy and switch, be a part of the defense, be active, get out and run if you can force a turnover. That's what they need off of off of the bench. The starters will be fine. Fournier will step in and, and do really, really well. I mean, he's, he's as dangerous as Jalen Brown has been uh, offensively, but Who's going to step in and be the guy that Evan Fournier was going to be coming off of the bench? That's the big question. Um, Now, should the Celtics get into the playoffs, whether it's Philly or Brooklyn or whoever the matchup is, uh, is there there an inevitability to the Celtics season probably ending in that first round? I I cannot sit here and say otherwise. It'd be foolish of me to, to, to think 
that they they can go out there and beat one of these top tier seeds. I mean, it's certainly possible. Uh, but again, like I said earlier, they have not earned any faith from mm. anybody outside of the team. They have not earned that that hey, maybe they can do it. And it's theoretically possible. And look, playoff series are won by the team that has the best player on the floor. Now, Brooklyn has three really good shots of having the best player on the floor, but Jason Tatum can be somebody that that claims that spot too. And so if Tatum can step up and if they, if they face Brooklyn, how, how rusty is that group together? We haven't seen them play with any pressure. There's certainly a possibility that they, they could have some, some tough stretches. What I'm looking for the most is for, them, for the Celtics to go out there and play them hard play like they're they're actually a playoff team show us some bit of that promise that that they came into the season having and and just go out go out like a winner even if you don't win that that first round or it doesn't go well don't get swept don't look terrible go out there and make it a fight and and make that other team whoever it is feel like they've played a really tough playoff series all right last one a lot of Celtics uh connections with the Hall of Fame 2020 class with KG Next year's class, it was announced Paul Pierce, Bill Russell as a coach. He's already in as a player. And, of course, Mike Gorman, the voice of the Celtics. What can you say about uh, those four uh, people and what they've meant to the Celtics organization? Well, I, I got to say, you know, I'll start with Mike Gorman because I remember him when I was a kid growing up in Pawtucket doing your job over, over yeah. there. You know, yeah. like that's that's where he got started. So my, my connection – to Mike Gorman goes way, way back to my childhood. So I could not be happier for, for him getting in. It is so well-deserved. And he, he was talking about how it's bittersweet because, you know, it should have been him and Tommy, but, uh, but Gorman is just, he is the epitome of, of a hall of famer. I mean, this guy has put in the work, has excelled at his job and is humble and and all everything that you can say, every great thing you can say. But this is a this is a great year coming up for for the Celtics, like you mentioned, uh, to see Bill Russell go in as a coach, hugely monumental, you know, because he was the first black head coach in the NBA, and that that's very very meaningful. And obviously, Paul Pierce, you know, going in after after Kevin Garnett, uh, what can you say about Paul? I love Paul Pierce's overall story with the Celtics because it started out. Like, you know, a brash young kid who was almost run out of town. Uh, he had some really bad moments. And that turnaround, the redemption, uh, getting that finals MVP, and now, now he's a god in, in Celtics history. Uh, that, that whole story, it, it's, it's a very great story from beginning to end. And, and it's a very much deserved honor for him. All right, good stuff, John. Yeah, a lot of Celtics going into the hall in Springfield between this year and next. I uh, appreciate your coverage. We'll be reading and watching and listening as the Celtics hope to make a little run here this spring. I appreciate your time. We'll talk again soon. Thanks. Talk to you later. You know, Yanni and I have the same name, basically. John is just the American version of Yanni. It's like we have almost the same name. Pair of Greeks over here. Uh, make sure you're checking that out. Uh, always have a good time talking. WPRI, Providence, my home, my home in Rhode Island. There, it's uh, I really enjoy that. Grew up watching those guys, so um, that's actually where Mike Gorman started working. Uh, I think it was at WPRI in Providence, and uh, we got news that Mike Gorman is going into the Hall of Fame. And I just want to congratulate Mike Gorman for a very 
much deserved, well-deserved um, honor. I, you just heard me talking about it. I, I just have to say it again that Mike is, first of all, genuinely like nice, not like fake nice, not, you know, cordial nice. He's genuinely like a really good guy. Um, always great to talk to. We've had him on the podcast before. Got to have him on again now that he's a Hall of Famer. Um, I mean, it's just so awesome. When I heard that, I was like, I was so happy when I heard that. So congratulations to him. Congratulations to Paul Pierce for getting in. Congratulations to Bill Russell for getting in again. That's how awesome he is, getting in again. Um, it's a great time for Celtics in, in history, I suppose. Uh, I did share an excerpt from Kevin Garnett, who was inducted into the Hall of Fame this past weekend. I'm Boston Sports Journal, a book expert from uh, the Boston Celtics all-time All-Stars. Now's the time to go ahead and grab it. If you're watching on YouTube, it's the book right behind me uh, on my left. Boston Celtics all-time All-Stars, where I, I go through Celtics history and I pick a 12-person All-Star team. Check it out. Uh, it's a, it was a tough, tough decision for uh, a lot of these positions, but uh, I hope you enjoyed it. If you've picked it up, I hope you've enjoyed it you haven't please do and you can get it through my website johncorrales.com or wherever books are sold i can get you a signed copy on johncorrales.com send it right out to you price cover shipping and all of that stuff 30 bucks so thank you very much thanks for listening if you have not subscribed please do especially if you're watching on youtube please subscribe to the youtube channel and uh, share the podcast tell your friends that they should be listening to and watching the locked on celtics podcast here on the locked on podcast network 